Yes, yes, yes. You're listening to Word Spoken Podcast, the poetry podcast which brings you the best. I'm your host, Henry. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 16 of the series so far, and I'm delighted to say that we've got Billy PN coming on to the show. Before we tell you a little bit about her, um, last week was um, a really, really great week. Not only did I uh, host Build Love, Break Walls in collaboration with Shadow, um, I also did a live recording of Words Spoken um, as part of Off the Chest. Um, out in Ealing so both of those two things um, have happened now so uh, I won't be plugging them anymore on the show but yeah they both went really well it was really really good fun and um, it's definitely got me thinking A I really really want to start my own night and B are there other live things that I could do with this um, podcast and platform so yeah it was um, a lot of fun and it really got me thinking of some other ideas that I could do with this podcast and platform so this week we've got Billy PN on the show and we hear three incredible pieces from her the first one's called anxious the second one commandments of women and finally the third one is chips um so billy's 2019 new year's resolution was to perform a poem out loud and ever since she's done that um it's safe to say that she's been uh she kind of threw herself deep end in the scene and now she's featuring at numerous nights all over london and has been really really successful in her work she has humor and energy when she performs um she really accentuates each word that she pronounces and makes sure that you don't forget her performances you're really going to enjoy this episode can't wait for you guys to hear it make sure you give her a follower at billy pn poem the first piece we're going to hear is called anxious these days i collect streaks on the car map not snapchat i prescribe meditation like medication for the soul because that medication they prescribe me feels like a cold bat to the side of my skull the hole this disease leaves in my head feels like a vortex I get stressed, I get vexed, like who's next and what's next and get up and get dressed. You can't stay in this cold bed all weekend. You're lazy. You're worthless. You're nothing. You deserve this. In this world of self-serving and self-earning and self-yearning, it is hard not to feel like you are not self-worthy. It's like, I've got this disease where I've got overactive empathy in a world run by narcissists. And I would know I've got a psychology degree. Those of us who love true and love deeply aren't the fools. Love, meet me halfway. I am sick of being cool. I am sick of pretending that I like house music. The same beat just loops around and I can't dance to it. I am sick of working when I don't feel like it. I am sick of pretending that I don't need kindness. Overthinking these problems, I've got analysis, paralysis. This canister of pressure stops me from getting a level handle on this and I overthink my problems till inaction leaves me powerless when all I really need is just a second to try and process this paradigm of mine leaves me blind sometimes I can't see beyond my own eyes sometimes I really believe my own lies sometimes I pay big to fake a high sometimes I can't feel beyond my lows sometimes it's like I can't I can't feel my toes oh fuck I am numb it starts in my extremities. My hands start to buzz and then go dead completely. Loud noises scare me. Cars can't go too fast. I put my fingers in my ears when freight trains go past. I can't 
hoover on my own. I can't blow dry my hair. I definitely can't contemplate the gapingly transient nature of human existence. I can't drink caffeine anymore. Having to face the grind whilst the richness of my essence is crushed out of me into a bitter black broth is too much for my soul to endure. I've got no patience these days. So I guess I'm better off than the NHS, but if you were to take an x-ray of my chest, you would find a swarm of bees where my heart should have stayed. I failed to train my mind. Instead, it just loops round and round. Call me the circle line and it's fine. I'm fine. Honestly, I am fine. It's just these fake smiles are always running a delayed service, so they seem to reach my face just a minute too late. I'm trying. Heart pounds in my chest. Sweat beads on my head. They say to chase dreams is to hustle, but I just cannot fucking sleep. I'm tired. But it's not that deep. Anyway, mate, enough about me. How are you? Billy P. N. <laughs> Thank you for coming on to Word Spoken and uh, performing that first piece for us. That was incredible. That Thank was you so much. Like, Thanks for was, having me, man. This hey, is so cool. You know what? You are like more, more than than <laughs> welcome. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed that first piece, and um, one of the things I kind of noticed whilst you were whilst you were performing it is your kind of skill set when it comes to delivery and performance and energy. Is is really really powerful. Thank you so much. So my um, question, therefore, mm-hmm. is: is did you did you have this sort of skill set, this ability to present with conviction before you did spoken word, or is it something that you've learned as you've gotten gotten into the art? Yeah, form? I mean, like I've um, got this sort of case of being a chronic show off. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I've always done stuff like um, I did like drama and theatre, like never anything like you know successful. I just did it at school and stuff, and really liked it. And I've always been, you know, um, yeah fucking show off so <laughs> I think it helps it lends itself to the poetry um it wasn't like my first ever one I was just like what is this skill I have where I'm being such a tart but actually it's um yeah it's yeah it's been I, 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 the poetry came so much later than the being dramatic and over the top <laughs> okay so, so so that's kind of my question then when you first started doing spoken word mm-hmm. first of all when was that and also did you did you straight away carry that energy or was it something that's evolved more over time? Um, so the poetry thing started in, it was about this time last year. Okay. Um, I basically, my friends and I all set up New Year's resolutions. We get together at Christmas and set New Year's resolutions. And my mm. New Year's resolution for 2019 was to perform one poem out loud. And so I did. Um, I went to an awesome night called That's What She Said um, at the book club. And I performed. uh, I actually I accidentally went on as a feature. They they misunderstood who I was um, and they put me on as a feature for my first ever performance. So I had a 10 minute slot. Honestly, the best stroke of luck I've ever had in my life because I got booked off the back of it. So it was like all of it it just happened like in this massive rush. Rewind. Your first ever (laughs) open mic you went to? Yeah, yeah. You were the feature by accident yes that is mental yeah well not you know not by accident it was just like i'd emailed and been like you know hey i'd love to perform a blah 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 and they were like send over a bio so i sent over a bio and like all of a sudden i'm on the list and i'm a feature and i was like oh yeah calm i thought this was just how poetry went and then i realized as i've like come on the scene i'm like oh fucking hell that was lucky (laughs) wow that is incredible wait so which poem did you perform the first time you did it the first poem I performed oh I did one about horoscopes that I've got um Mm -hmm. that is like 
basically I started out thinking that I could only write short poems which you'll soon find to be quite untrue I write quite long poems now but I um I yeah I used to write these poems that were like less than a minute long so I, I have loads of those and they were like basically a mixture of horny and sad uh, and that was my only material uh, which is fine obviously not no no you know, I'm not coming for horny side poets but um, <laughs> I was a very different poet than to I am now and what I realized on the stage that first time I performed was like the sad stuff and the, the, the stuff that was like oh you know a bit more um, you know deep uh, yeah. were, was lovely to perform and felt really cathartic but actually what I really loved was when people were laughing at my jokes I was like mm. you know my pupils dilated I was like this feels good <laughs> and so I sort of took that and ran and like yeah I still do some sad poems but I do funny ones too and I think that's really nice that I can like you know I took that experience of being like wait what the fuck I don't have to be sad all the time what a nice thing <laughs> no, I mean, I think that makes sense. Um, so my uh, other question then is, I want you to tell me a little bit about that first piece that we just heard. Mm. I absolutely loved it. Like I, I, I really, really did. So um, tell us a little bit about Anxious and when you wrote it and yeah. uh, where you've performed it maybe as well. Uh, yeah, so it's new shit. New shit. New uh, shit. <laughs> um, Wait, I, is this an entirely new poem? No, so I, well, I performed it. You saw it at Trump yeah. Poetry. But yeah, that was new. That was the yeah, first time it that was new performed. Then, wasn't it? Um, so I basically, um, I'm doing a show with Mind Over Matter next Sunday and I thought about my poems and I was like, I want to have a piece that like really talks about my experience with mental health. Um, I mean, you know, it's, I've got other poems that talk about it and touch on it, but I wanted to have one that was like, this is, you know, my Mind Over the Matter poem and I want to talk about my anxiety and my low points and stuff. Um, so that's why I wrote it was sort of to have something to bring to that. But actually then as I started writing, I was really enjoying it. I was like, this isn't just a one-off poem. I'm taking this to the scene. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, what I really like about the piece as well is you've, you've, you've kept it very, very you. So as like <laughs> you kind of said, you, um, you know, sometimes like to write about more funny side of things mm. or maybe come up with a storyline or whatever. But um, in this one, you are talking about your kind of, yeah. I guess, more sadder side, but you're not holding back on including <laughs> a couple of killer, killer lines. <laughs> like um, one, the I mean... I, I can't hoover on my own. I love that. I just <laughs> yeah. had an image of you like trying to hoover. I like, I can't am, do this. I'm petrified of hoovering on my own because you can't hear the murderers around you if the hoover's <laughs> blaring. They're always hoovering in the horror films is what I'm saying. You know, there's always I, some sort of noise. Yeah, I love that. I just <laughs> had such a good image of you trying to hoover. Like, I, I literally have to put it down. I've tried the other day and I was like, this really? is ridiculous, Wait, Billy. so that was an entirely factual statement. It's, com- it's straight facts. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's and then factual. The, the other line I really, really like, which is really really clever i have no patience these days so i guess i'm better off than the nhs <laughs> i love that a little bit of you know a little dig at, the, at yeah. the man but yeah um i was just i was really inspired by like all these people that i was hearing doing wordplay um yeah and it's not really my thing but i thought i'd give it like you know a nod to it in it and it was really fun to try and do and think about yeah it was good <laughs> it was fun <laughs> so you've been performing spoken word for a year yes okay so that is not very long really no, spoken word baby um so what i want to know is what was your creative outlet uh before you did spoken word and then that kind of leads into how would your life be if you didn't do this oh, in the man. past year yeah like before spoken word that was it i was like sort of bumbling through my early 20s just like you know, having a great time, but, uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Fun was had. Um, but I was like out on the smash and loving life and being young and tw- in my twenties in London. And I realized like I was sort of waking up, going to work, going out for drinks with my friends and going home. And that was sort of like 
something missing. I know it sounds so silly, doesn't it? Well, no, it doesn't. But there was something missing. And it was, you know, I'd always written the poems. Like I'd I'd had in my notes app, the famous like poetry catalogue that every poet has in their phone. I was I had these ones that I was just sort of like writing for myself on the tube or like, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, but I never really, yeah, I never did anything with it. And I think that it was just so fun that night where everyone set their resolutions and all my friends were like, Bill, like you have these poems, just do something, do something. You know, if it wasn't for them, I obviously would never have, I don't think I would have got the the balls to go up. So I was really grateful. And I think without it, I would just be fucking miserable, right? Like, yeah, it's so... I find that poetry is so good for me. And I think a lot of people on the scene find that, right? It's like Fisky's talking about mental health and Mm -hmm. and is poetry therapy. Like, fuck yeah, it is, man. If you want it to be like, whatever's therapy to you is therapy to you, dude. You know, do what you need to do. And I think that's, um, for me, definitely. Although not all the time, sometimes I do it and I'm laughing my head off and just having a good time writing it. Sometimes I just need to fucking write something down on a page and it feels so good. So, What were some of your other mates' New Year's resolution and have they stuck to them as well as you have? Uh, yeah, do you know what, actually? Yeah, my um, one of my friends uh, was in a job she hated and she was in sales and she was like, no, fuck this, I'm not doing it anymore. And she now works for like a sustainability company um, and like a job she cares about. Another friend started mm. a podcast um about the environment she works for like an environmental charity a lot of people work for charities yeah. here in the corporate world but yeah like a lot of people stuck to it and i think that's it it's like having someone in your corner and supporting you is the biggest driver i think in like ch- in change especially for me personally it's like having those champions in your life being like you got this yeah i'm very grateful no i mean i really like that sounds like as a group of friends you guys are productive af nowadays yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is weird though like that you said that because that was my 2019 resolution no as well and i didn't do it till july 2019 oh wow you sat on it yeah but I sat when on you it came to ages. it look at you now we're in the studio well this is the thing it kind of escalated es- escalated a little bit <laughs> I started my own podcast about yeah. it, but but it was literally like that resolution could not have gone better for you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> this is really nice. It's really funny. Look isn't at it? us achieving our dreams. Look at us changing our Who'd lives. Who'd have thought? For the you know better. that Paul Rudman. Who'd have thought? Not me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a mad one. Well, look, um, I would like you to tell me a little bit about the second piece that you're going to perform for us. I, again, I lo- oh, again, I really, really love this. But I'm Thank not. I'm you. not just saying this because, like, yeah, oh, yeah. But, all right. I'm no, already on your podcast, mate. You don't have to suck up. Oh, oh. But I want to because this is a really good one. So it's called "The Commandments of Women." Yeah, that's so, a poem. Uh, yeah, when did you write this? I wrote this one last summer. Um, I was doing a gig for with Benefit, the makeup company. Um, mm-hmm. And um, a lovely lady who had invited me to come along and perform. And it was a call for this thing like Bold is Beautiful. And it's about, you know, like inspiring women to feel beautiful and feel empowered in their womanhood, which is something I'm big on. Mm. And I thought like, I want to write, I wanted to write something special for it. I think it's all these events that like drive me to write something new for it. Um, but yeah, it came from that. And it was... I can't, I think I was watching something on the telly that was like talking about the commandments and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, these are outdated, <laughs> uh, which sounds so cliche, but they fucking are. Well, they uh, are very old to be so fair. These, yeah, this is my <laughs> heretical take on, um, on the commandments. So what, um, tell us a little bit more about that gig. So, so you were, you had a, was that a, like a paid thing with benefit it was a charity thing so i didn't um, uh it wasn't like a you know it was i was invited to come i was yeah. feature but 
I didn't take a fee. This you is for the love of it. You. It's for the love of it, you know. You're an amazing um, person. I did get a benefit goodie bag. Or, <laughs> just to be, like, I've got to disclaim, you know, hashtag spawn. Um, I did get a goodie bag, but yeah. no, it was like, it was such a fun night. Loads of friends came and then we was dancing after. T-Star Nay performed. She's awesome, oh, yeah. isn't she? She's a flow poet. Um, and Liz, who ran it, has just started her podcast diary she wrote. Oh, cool. Have you seen that? No, no she's no. basically kept a diary every day of her life since she was 12 and now has started a podcast um, reading her diaries. She brought that she does them at Spoken Word Nights and that's wow, yeah, it's pretty cool. So that's she, mad. Her event, it was sick. Every yeah, day really since good. she was twelve, yeah, man. You know what? There's this there's this poet, and I really wish I could remember her her name. Mm-hmm. She's been writing, and oh god, is she, I mean, she's probably not listening. But uh, <laughs> I've seen her at like a couple of nights, and she um, has written a poem every day oh, yeah, for the past yeah, three yeah, years. Yeah, she's on like her. a thousand. Yeah, I saw her reach a thousand at BYOB. Yeah, Wasn't can it? you like can you remember her name? Oh god, this is so awkward. I'm going to like insert, like I'm yeah. going to cut it with like, you have like a really like obvious cut yeah, and yeah. be like, this Say is really her name. <laughs> Ready? This is her name. Charmé Mitchell. Okay, cool. Wow, so I love that... her. Yeah, of course that was her name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so she has like over, a th- like, I think she's got like a yeah. thousand poems in her phone and she just goes, right, shout, like shout, shout out a number, number yeah. and people go like 742. Right. She flicks through and then reads it out. These are people what? who are very committed to their craft. That if is... I was turning out a poem a day, like... I don't know. I'd have nothing God. left to say to anybody. I'd have no conversation. I'd be mute. How do you write different things every day? Oh, don't. Wow. Honestly, she like in, in like inspired me so much. I was Did like, she? whoa, I should be writing way more than oh, I I just never write enough. Like the only time I snatch to write is I'm on the tube. Yeah. And I write on the tube or like something's really bothered me and I'm like, I need to write this down. <laughs> but um, in terms of like the dedication to sit down and like look after your craft and hone it yeah i do do not do it it's very slapdash i don't know if you can tell no i mean (laughs) no so uh, i want to talk about your writing process in a little bit but first of all we're going to hear your second piece so this is billy pn with um the commandments of women i'd like to preface this piece by saying that for every pound that a man makes in the UK, a woman makes on average 80p, and that's without considering intersectionality. With that in mind, I've adjusted my workload. Here are the eight commandments of woman. Thou shalt take great care when propping a leg up on the side of the bath to get the right angle to get the moon cup in, lest thou shalt slip and fall and potentially die with thou's knickers round thou's ankles. Thou shalt stop buying houseplants you don't even have anywhere to put this one it's over it's done they are all dying before your eyes at different rates despite what you think your flat is not the garden of eden our lot got marched out of there some time ago although if that's how they want to be about it maybe we didn't even want to be in there in the first place thou shalt not make brash hair decisions in the midst of a depressive episode no You would not look good with hair like Natalie Portman in Leon, the 90s were eons ago. Put down the scissors, you beautiful, sad bitch. Thou shalt worship no false idols. Except for Dolly Parton, who, let's face it, is as close to a representative I've had on earth in roughly 2,000 years. Thou shalt not just laugh when a male colleague says something inappropriate. Notice that if you were to ask Colin what exactly he meant by nice assets, he would choke on his Tesco meal deal sandwich. Egg and cress, obviously, but I digress. 
Thou shall feel no guilt when entering that downstairs part of Anne Summers that feels really seedy and outrageous and they sell the the vibrators. Apple flavour lube doesn't count as forbidden fruit. Don't worry, I've checked. Thou shall rebel against the space that the man-spreaders determine to introduce to our commute because fuck you, I have legs too, you ridiculous brute. And your claim that your genitalia really take up that much room, I refute. And so my children, hear me now and go forth and multiply and divide and subtract. There aren't enough women in STEM as a matter of fact, so go forth and smash those glass fucking ceilings. No feelings of incompetence. We are the fucking 50%. There is a reason we are known as better halves. If these are the eight commandments, then that confirms that I am the fucking Messiah. And Ariana Grande was right. God is a woman. Billy, thank you so much for that second piece. Um, that was uh, that was powerful as fuck. <laughs> Thanks, I, man. I loved it. It was um, it was really great. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so for, much for uh, sharing your work with us. Um, so yeah, that is what I wanted to speak about. As I mentioned just before we heard that piece, uh, that piece even is your writing process. So mm. um, your your kind of pieces of work, I guess, in a way kind of end up being a bit of a kind of monologue in a way it, yeah. it, it's a kind of running process in your mind and it's like a like a thought like a yeah. series of thoughts right so so how does it work when it comes to writing process do you need to be in a certain space in order in in order to write so do you have an idea mm. and then you write how does it go it's more that like i think all of my poems are in a way like storytelling so i um i just like it's a moment in my life or a moment in a uh, snap moment that i sort of just splash out on paper so it's like events and stuff everything i you know this is the first poem that is more sort of like i started writing lists after but um previously it's been like yeah these storytelling things of like there's a yarn to spin and i'm gonna spin it um which i think is quite hard to to write and make snappy because as you know in conversation like i go off on tangents um so it's hard to be like okay here's what i want to talk about here's the interesting things that happened here's my point about it all now let me put it into a poem that sounds interesting and is hopefully captivating or in some way enjoyable um so yeah i think it's more just like striking when the the i striking when the iron's hot and going when that inspiration comes i just try and write it all out you know yeah um yeah and when do you like this this, this is a question i often like like to ask because mm. i feel like everyone has a different way of doing this but how do you know when a poem's kind of finished oh man the poem finishing is just it's not in my vocab it's, it's really tricky well no but you like say that but all of your poems have really good endings yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Like, I try to end the poem in a certain place, but the poem, it's the body of the poem. It's like waves in an ocean, man. There's just mm. constantly rippling and changing around and moving and adding a word and taking a word. And um, yeah, I mean, I've never like had any formal poetry training. So, you know, I don't have like some sort of like method in my head that's like, well, this stanza has got seven lines. And blah, <laughs> yeah. blah. I've got nothing like that going on. It's just literally, as you can see on the page, like, <laughs> out it comes um so in terms of like a structured editing process i am like as clueless as they come yeah but do you like sometimes end up being like okay i found my ending how do i get there 
Does that ever happen? Yeah, that's happened. Because I like certainly do that. Yeah, that's happened. Yeah, because your story, you do so many stories as well. <laughs> uh, your stories absolutely kill me. I can't wait for Henry's episode. Just saying. Um, future date, future date. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's like finding the way to get there, especially um, the poem we're going to hear at the end. Mm. Um, that one was really tough because it was such a it's a story that i'm trying to like pick little parts from and make something of but actually is like this quite intense story and i wanted to make sure that i had a had a goal in mind so that i didn't just go this is shit and this is shit uh, the end bye <laughs> yeah um so how do you go this is again something which often people find quite hard yeah. how do you go about memorizing a piece there's a couple of different ways of doing mm. this right uh I've, I think I've said this before, but the, the most amazing way I've ever heard of is Luke KG, who does it in the shower without, <laughs> like, he actually writes in the shower and just, he doesn't write anything down. Writes yeah. in the shower, memorise it all in the shower. I don't know what goes on in his head, but that's wow. incredible. So how do you go about memorising it? I, um, uh, I try lots of different things. Um, I've got quite a good memory. You'd be, you know, I'm going to now F up all my poems, but um, I've got an okay memory so I can read them and read them and I sort of read them over and over and get them in my head. But recently I've started recording them on my phone and then listening to them in my headphones at work, which is an exercise in humility because you have to hear your voice over and over again. But um, I, yeah. I'm i like, yeah, I, or like, you know, I'll, I just say them out loud in the flat and my poor long-suffering boyfriend is like he knows all the words to every he's memorized them as well as me because i'm just constantly <laughs> like if there's an event coming or something i want to perform at you, you will not stop it, i just will not stop saying it over and over again to make sure i've got it down <laughs> does he does he come to a lot of your shows I, I i don't think i've met him have i you've i think you've met him he's known oh. as the poetry slam stan he is like oh, right. no I, I, maybe I don't Maybe know he haven't. I... Oh yeah, he was there at Chocolate Poetry, but he had to shoot. Anyway, he did. Oh, he stayed what? for the whole thing and loved oh, it. Oh, I did meet him. I'm yeah, talking yeah, shit. Yeah, of yeah, course yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah, he comes to like literally everything, yeah. um, which is really nice and very supportive because I yeah. know... I don't know if I'd have the patience to go to like if I didn't write any poetry I wouldn't come to every single one of my girlfriend's poetry nights but yet he dutifully does so it's really nice to have that little smiling face in the crowd and be like yeah you get me that is really lovely <laughs> yeah he's I good. really like that um so uh what are your favorite nights on the scene and that's a good question and I've heard you ask it to other people so I tried to think about some <laughs> obviously now I've gone blank yeah uh, I yeah I haven't heard that's what she said mentioned on here before I don't know if maybe one of your guests coming up is going to mention it but it's an amazing night for women women with an x you know gals non-binary pals uh mm -hmm. anyone that identifies as a woman uh that's all that there is on the lineup which is really nice um and it's such a warm loving space and really inclusive um and they get some really really good headliners in they're part of this bigger organization called for book's sake um and i did a writing course with them a couple of years ago for prose writing not poetry and um that's how i found the poetry nights and that's how i you know knew where to go to perform for the first time mm. um so yeah i really like that night um and i'm featuring there in march well, hey <laughs> plug <laughs> um wait so what date in march that's the 25th of march i'll okay. be there yeah it's like a year on my first poetry night i'm going back so it's gonna be that's cute cool. af um and yeah i love that night i love byob i was yes. there last night soft spoken abdullah he is such a flipping lovely guy shout out to him shout out to soft spoken yeah. who is everybody's big bro on the scene he literally is he's like the best so he um 
uh, throws an amazing night and it was so good last night. That looked incredible. Do you know what? I was so annoyed because I was um, stuck in, I mean, when I say stuck, not mm-hmm. a bad place to be stuck in, but I was stuck in Barcelona oh, because, wrong. I know. Oh, Henry was stuck in Barcelona. Poor me, but you know all this <laughs> storm that's been going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my flight got cancelled. Oh my so God, I you're had such to, a jet setter. In it, I know, right? Um, so I, I, so I, I, so I yeah. couldn't come last night because I literally got back, like I landed at like seven. So, it was a but, really whoa, I was checking out all one. the, all it was the, so good. It looks um, amazing. We had Sammy Rhymes mm. head, and Jamel headlining, both absolutely smashed it. Yeah. Such good energy. The open mic was amazing. There was so many people there to sign up that they had to put everybody's names into a disco ball. I love um, that. And do a lucky dip. And I was there like willing my name. I was like, I want to be on this <laughs> fucking lineup. And I was like, pull my name, pull my name. Obviously the name didn't get pulled. The universe no. wasn't having it for me that night. But it, the, you know what? It was actually so nice to just go and watch. Because mm. if you go with the idea that you're performing, you get this like, you get, you know, you've got the adrenaline, you've got the anxiety, not the anxiety, yes anxiety no but yeah you've got that <laughs> you kind know. of like oh this thing's coming yeah, up yeah this is coming and actually to just to sit and watch and enjoy it was such a nice experience especially on really good night like that so that was really good um i love mind over matter of course yes. big shout out rebel soapbox is a night that um jen runs jen folds uh she is a fabulous poet um she was one of the first people i met on the scene and she's just so friendly and cool and she has yeah rebel soapbox which is a really fun and raucous night a lot of comedy poetry there which is really nice um yeah so she's really fab and the night is really fab um trying to think of like i'm because i've everyone knows all the classic ones and like yeah. mentions all the big ones so i'm trying to think of like other ones um rhymes of orange mm. which is another really fun i haven't one. actually gone down there i really need, need yeah. to change it. you know i have another question have you done any slams so i just did my first ever one okay on uh the uh, last week because i feel like you would do quite well i won what <laughs> hey there we go i was right to guess that i won i won i won the genesis slam it was so much fun it was such an exhilarating night um wow well done thank you so much and that and that and that that was the first one you ever went to first one i'd ever gone to and um the lovely people that organize it tyrone lewis was there i think he Mm. helps organize it and um a lady called caroline um i can't remember her surname now which is so (laughs) rude um she organized it as well and i was emailing her and like you know managed to get a slot and then showed up on the day really early and was obviously that person being like so um with regards to the rules uh you know like i do go over and she was like it's okay just enjoy it just make it fun yeah so it was really like such a nice environment to do which, the first one. which piece did you perform i so you take three different pieces yeah and they each have to be less than three minutes so i started on a poem called a night in clapham mm-hmm. which is a poem about um an assault that happened to me so it was like it's a quite heavy one but like um that was the opener and then i did commandments of women oh there we go which was lovely everybody really liked that and then i did anxious so you've got two of the slam uh, so the the final one was was anxious anxious. yeah and that that went down uh really well and yeah it was like it was such a nice experience it's nice to win right i bet it was i mean no one's gonna complain at that cool i can really see that your work would do really well at uh slam i just feel and it's kind of what i said like you've just got this energy and and presence which not many other people do and i feel like that's that's the kind of stuff that um thank you yeah so, it was really nice to like get on stage and do like mad big go for it. I mean, every time it's like very gung ho when I perform, but it was like, so, <laughs> you know, this one was like, people are scoring me. I'm going to 
I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was really good. Well, look, that is really impressive. So well Thanks, done. Pal. Um, I'm really pleased for you there. <laughs> um, so I, we, we briefly touched on your third piece, but yes. um, I want to, uh, can you give us the backstory to this third piece called Chips? I can. I was um, a young girl, a very impressionable young girl and had a terrible boyfriend. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a really shit time because loads of bad stuff happened and he wasn't a very nice dude. And like, it's such a universal, a tr- fucking tragically universal experience for women, which is like, you know, there are these people out there who are just shit in your life and some for some reason they, uh, they stick around. And he was my boyfriend for a while and it wasn't very pleasant. And there were loads of incidents that happened, but this one sticks out in my mind of like one where I really you know, like took a bit of power back for myself. And it was the beginning of a chain reaction of events where I was like, fuck this shit. I am D-O-N-E. So it was nice um, to, and I'd sort of forgotten about it as well, as people do with like, you know, these little stories in their lives. And then as I came back to poetry, I started to explore things that I might want to talk about, experiences I've had, storytelling stuff. And I thought, hey man, there might be something in that, in all that pain and shit and crap. There's something there. Surprise, surprise. Um, so it was really nice to like revisit it from who I am now as like a 27 year old. Um, <laughs> 20 something. 20 something yeah. year old and be like, fuck yeah, man. I got a lot from that. And like now I can look back at it and feel tough and cool and strong. So it was really nice to write. Well, look, I, I um, really, really love this piece. Thank you so um, much. And uh, and again, as we've kind of mentioned, you tend to uh, have an amazing ending to your poems. And this poem that you're about to perform is no exception <laughs> yeah. to that. Whenever I've seen you perform this piece, I've seen you perform it at Chocolate and at Flow, I think. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, whenever I've seen you perform it, that last, well, everyone's going to hear it in a minute, but that last not line that <laughs> you uh, kind of like bellow out to the crowd yeah. like, is is fucking great you gotta let the boys know about themselves sometimes you know no, and i think it's really good and it's another prime example of someone turning a bad or or a negative in yeah. their life into something that's positive yeah um and that other people can learn from and you know we can all kind of learn from but 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 i think in your case in a way that's really entertaining and really yeah. kind of funny <laughs> and like kind of uh you kind of dot loads of good imagery and wordplay and blah. I just Thank really, so really love much. it. It's Thank a really you. cool piece. You must find it quite hard. This, because it's uh, longer than you, than yeah, most yeah. of the poems, I guess you don't get often a chance to perform it. Is that No, is that true? I save it for feature slots, really. Mm. And even then I sort of like read the room a bit because, you know, it's true what they say. Like it's poems are, um, you know, you want to take people along for the ride of and, and, you know, people have to buckle up and enjoy your shit for a little bit. So it's like six minutes is it six? I don't know how long it runs but maybe like six minutes it is, right? I think it's just under six yeah so it's a long poem and it's um, like I hope it's entertaining at times because I don't want it to just be like an outpouring of shit sa- like you know you've got to sandwich the shit you do. With, with some two positively sliced toast bread like, you know <laughs> um, so it's nice to try and like make it peaks and troughs and make it interesting like any story would be you know stories don't just start and then go everything shit maybe like Les Mis does but you know (laughs) (laughs) apart from Les Mis yeah like um, you know but you've got you know as of every story there are peaks and troughs and highs and lows and yeah. hopefully it reflects that and then a fucking great ending and then a fucking ending so uh, <laughs> look I think we're gonna hear um, your piece called Chips now um, so yeah 
just want to say again, thank you for bringing this down. I kind of secretly, so this is something I, sh- I should say. I always let my uh, <laughs> guests that come onto the show choose uh, which poems they do and in which order they do it in because yeah. I really want it to be, you know, like exactly how you want this episode yeah. to come out. But secretly, <laughs> I really wanted this one Gosh. to be the last one. Yeah. Because as I said, I've heard it a few times and it, it's just fucking great. Thank so, you so much, pal. I'm glad ending. that <laughs> I'm just glad that we were able to kind of think on the same. We were, had the time. mind meld. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so uh, let's hear your third and final piece. This is uh, Billy PN with chips. And I look at this box of chips that was once in my hands and is now on the floor that I was just about to eat, but I'm not that hungry anymore. And I think, fuck, I have really done it now. Sorry, let me go from the start. So we met at a party in a friend's garden when you got blackout drunk and everybody laughed. And at the end of the night, I kissed someone else. And although I didn't even know you yet, we, you would never, ever, ever let me forget it. One night you asked me what my biggest regret was and I lied. I said it was not kissing you instead. Then you held me so tight in that tiny little bed that the white lies seemed to dissolve into the darkness. You see, you were my first in so many ways. When I met you, you swept me up in this days of compliments and affection and gestures and direction. You told me... I was lost before I found you. And I guess I never bothered to consult a map and I definitely didn't consider that it was all crap. I just ate it all up out the palm of your hands as you led me like a lamb to your promised lands. I was broken. But so were you. Sorry, where was I? We have been out with friends. Friends is rich. Friends tends to imply ties of love and camaraderie. These people were not our friends. Let's call them acquaintances. They were the jeering crowd who saw that you were down, then pushed you in the vodka and told you to drown because they thought it was funny to make their own little clown. The alcohol doesn't mix well with your meds. We both know that, but you turn away from me. Instead, you take another sip. Straight spirits slip into your bloodstream and the scales, they tip in favour of this circus. Roll up, roll up. You're a fucking slag. The circus is in town. Did you know that? You're a fucking slag. And you are so close, the smell of your breath makes me gag. That one was just for me, not for the baying punters, who conveniently seem to have lost interest in their blood sport. And I say, nothing. I just call us both a cab. Most nights you stay over at mine and wake up screaming and I'm holding you close and telling you you've just been dreaming and you cry and shake your ice-cold hands I take into mine. I would fight every one of your demons if you asked me. You know, I'd drown out the desert. I would dry up the whole sea, but my metaphors are pretty weak because I'm only 16. So instead, I just hold you close until we fall back to sleep. Get out the car. He's going to be sick. Middle of nowhere in the street and as though with a click, I see the last of the boy I know leave your eyes. I can see where this is going. So I say good night. Perhaps it's best we see each other another time. And I can see that hurts him, but that suits me just fine. I have just got to get out of here before he crosses that line. Fuck you then. Fuck you. Fuck you. 
In your element, this eloquence is hardly of any relevance, so I decide in a display of quite heavenly benevolence to walk away and into the nearest chip shop. And he is following me and his words will not stop. And I order these chips and they are served piping hot. They are burning my mouth. I can feel my tongue blistering. But the gift you see is that this hurts less than the welts your words are leaving on me. This hurts less than the bruises you have beaten on me. This hurts less than gluing back together the pieces of me. These chips are a moment of the sweetest relief. You are screaming now. Spit flex flick through the air. You are frothing at the mouth with this rabid stare. And I am crying in a chip shop. And you don't seem to care. And this box of chips are just conveniently right there. You raise your fist. And in a moment of clarity, I decide to lift up the box and push them directly into your face. You freeze. And I look at this box of chips that were once in my hands and are now on the floor that I was just about to eat, but I'm not that hungry anymore. And I think, fuck, I have really done it now. I wait for the fallout. Your face is covered in sauce now. Ketchup, drip. Hot sauce, drip. Mayo, drip. You look like a prick. <laughs> I love at your contorted face I laugh with my belly I laugh and I laugh and I laugh and just like that I'm not afraid of you anymore you are not the same bully from moments before it is hard to give you that power when you are painted in source you are just a boy standing in front of a girl covered in fast food And under these fluorescent lights, it is clear to see I am more and your hurt will never break me. I am more and your words will never take me. I know my worth now. How could I forsake me? And I look at this box of chips that were once in my hands and is now on the floor that I was just about to eat, but I'm not that hungry anymore. And I think, fuck, I have finally done it. In this version of the story, I stride out into the night, charged with adrenaline and power and strength and delight, and I leave that little twat eating my dust. The scale's a little more balanced, the world a little more just. To any man that would make a woman feel fear or dread, I will dash a thousand chips in a thousand of you man's heads. Hey, Billy PN. Hey. Thank you for that <laughs> for that last piece. And um, yeah, I'm so glad people got to hear that last line because it's just yeah. such a great ending. Thank to you. An already uh, brilliant, brilliant poem. So yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so yeah, my question is, um, you do have a very unique style and I don't want to use the word unique because it's a bit of a cliche. Mm-hmm. But what I want to know is before you got into spoken word, yeah. were there any poets that you were listening to that you kind of looked up to? Um, not in terms of listening to, not really, which is the funny thing. Um, I'd heard, uh, Rupi Kaur doing a lot of stuff and I thought that I like, I liked the way her voice resonated and sort of owned the words, even though it's maybe a cop out to say you like Rupi Kaur these days, but I did, <laughs> I did quite like her. Um, but mostly it was written stuff that really spoke to me. Like I, my favorite poet, so cliche and GCSE is Caroline Duffy. Mm-hmm. Um, she just is like my fave and a babe. And, uh, so I think the style of like 
sort of the punchiness that I have adopted from her and the sort of unapologeticness um, have come out on the page. But in terms of performances, I'll tell you what, like you always see like on Facebook, uh, you know, before I was ever in knew that spoken word was a thing that I would have access to, you'd see these like, you should check out this two minute clip. And it's a guy doing spoken word in America. And it's this amazing punchy deliverance and performance. Uh, and especially like the Americans and the slam is like a different world, right? It's Whole different ball Absolutely game. <laughs> different ball game. But that's what really inspired me, I think, in terms of like um, going for it and, and delivering um, rather than just reading. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's probably my main influences <laughs> it's quite a yeah. convoluted answer wasn't it but yeah no i mean it's everyone has a different answer to that and i yeah. think um one thing that's quite interesting is people uh often come to this a bit later in life and that then mm. and it kind of therefore means that your influences can range from yeah. so much absolutely um and it doesn't necessarily have to be spoken word artists that kind of um allow people to tap into their creative work yeah, like, yeah, i don't know yeah. it just it, kind it of is something that i came to so much later in life and like really regretfully because they're not pushing poetry on like you know mm. it's not like it's drugs but like push poetry on kids man like <laughs> uh and not crap boring poetry you know i recently read charlie cox's she must be mad Do okay you know charlie cox? no no okay. it's a really really gorgeous collection of poetry um written by this lady charlie cox who's like fat, fucking fantastic and you know you know that they're not going to bring that into a school mm. uh and it's like all about being a woman in the, this age and like her journey through mental health and like sexuality and boyfriends and everything. But like, you know, if I'd have read that book when I was 15 in school, it might have been, you know, I might have been a bit more engaged. <laughs> yeah, no, true. I um, think it's, yeah, it's a real loss that uh, so, so many of us come mm. to this as an adult, you know. Like a yeah, yeah. Adult. All the grants are for fucking kids. <laughs> Can't get a grant. For <laughs> Someone publish me for fuck's sake. <laughs> Take me to a workshop for the love of Christ. I need help. So unfair, isn't it? These fucking 18 to 24-year-olds, oh, I hate yeah. them. <laughs> born, do you know what? Do you know what freaks me? I know this has happened for a couple of years now, but 18-year-olds were born after 2000. Don't even. They're, they're 20 now yeah yeah my little sister was born in 2000 in it makes me furious that's weird how dare you be young i remember do you know i remember that yeah millennium new year what like what like did you do uh we had it? a yeah we had a party um oh, yeah. <laughs> like as in just me my dad and my sister and, sick yeah good times uh and my little sister fell asleep like two minutes before midnight and she sleeps like a rock we were rocking out like, get up get up and she's like <laughs> So that's my standout memory of them. Oh, also, I was very, very scared that at the stroke of midnight, the aliens would come. And, that's, you know, like well, the bug, the millennium bug. The millennium bug. bug. I was, I'm a very anxious person. I don't know if that comes across. Uh, but I was really scared of the millennium bug. <laughs> oh, bullets. God. Saying that out loud is lame. But no, I was very scared. The whole, that was a big thing, wasn't it? It was a big thing. I was like, you know, like looking at the toaster suspiciously at one minute to midnight like okay will it blow up yeah like what is my exit strategy <laughs> it's so funny when you think about all that now because that was literally everyone was so scared that on the computers when it went from 99 yeah, to they a two digit zero zero everything would stop <laughs> That is yeah, hilarious. yeah, yeah. And also it's weird that 2000 feels like 10 years ago, but it in was it. actually 10 years ago. When? Mate, we're so old. In it. Very <laughs> old. Okay, so my final question, which I Yay. always ask, which you probably know because um, you've I'm listened a, to the show quite a lot. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> is what is your plan for the future? So you've, all, so you've been doing this a year. Yeah. You had a feature slot on your first performance, so that <laughs> yeah. was a tough act to follow. But um, you've already mentioned you've got this night coming up in March, which was really great. Yeah. But where are you going to push yourself this year? What are your goals? This year's goals. So we did the resolutions again. And my goal this year is to do is to throw a night 
like a big one-off night uh, and I want to get, you know, musicians, I want to get poets, I want to get everybody that I've met in this like awesome creative community together for like a big night um, in the summer probably and like make it a boozy charity big, you know, like I want to celebrate it a year, a year well done and like, you know, not in my terms, but like a year of just like meeting some of the most kind, lovely people. It just feels like it should be a celebration. So I really, and I really want to just like throw something and show love to all the poets I know and try and like create something in the community as well so that's a goal and then I think you know I'm going to speak it into the universe I want to put out like yeah some actual written work in like perhaps a book but you know no one's you know if you're if you're publishers listeners to this uh, <laughs> call me but no like maybe like a pamphlet or something and self-publish a little bit you know like commit to it a little bit and have a physical thing that is like my creation because yeah my words vanish into thin air as soon as I've said them uh, except for this podcast which is obviously recorded <laughs> you know um I'd like to yeah I think I'd like to try and get something written out as well which will be fun well, look, I definitely wish you the best with that. I think that that idea of doing a kind of that one-off night is a really great yeah, idea. Man. Because, um, you know, having gotten into the scene myself, I guess more like more or less the same time as you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, you do meet so many creative people, people from so many different backgrounds Absolutely. with so many different skill sets that they bring to the scene. Yeah, man. That collaboration is key. Yeah, it isn't is. It? it is, and it's like you know, thank God that collaboration. Uh, you know, it's there's such a friendly space you know mm. because if it was collaboration and say you know a lot of other like artistic spaces it's not as i don't think it's as warm as and as welcoming you know no. you go to open night music nights and they're all like fuck off why are you playing over my conversation mm. whereas you go to poetry night and everyone's so there and engaged and like so i feel really lucky that this is how where i've landed in life but like i'd yeah i want to for a big fucking party and like you know enjoy it and celebrate and and collaborate yeah so great okay cool so remind everyone where they can follow you to make sure that they keep up to date with any of this uh with any of these plans that you have with the book and also with the night and any features you got yeah yeah so come see me at events i'm at various things across the city uh, mm. check my instagram out for deets it's mm-hmm. at billy pn poem i'm right there poem wicked mm-hmm. well look i've enjoyed this conversation and your poetry so much thank so you henry you're the thank best. you <laughs> thank you so much for coming down to word spoken and performing three incredible pieces you brought your energy you brought your charisma <laughs> you brought your um just yeah your your sheer presence and i've really been very grateful sorry that was really cheesy no, your I sheer presence More. i've never said that before <laughs> thank you so much you're too kind thank you, you your sheer me. presence I my sheer presence that. yeah yeah yeah, I'm putting that on my bio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to wrap up and say thank you very much to everyone for listening. Thank and you. of course, we'll see you all next week. Thank you, Billy. Thanks, mate. Yo.